commercial photography to me is like a stage play. I'm the lead actor and I adopt a role and a character and my clients fall into that play and they adopt a character too. So it's kind of like a, it's like music, I guess. It's kind of feels like there's a script involved and that's the process. Hello, beautiful people. You're listening to Photo Country and I'm your host Rajiv. I'm back with a fascinating interview with another path-breaking visual artist from Christchurch, New Zealand. He is Paul Petch, a film and commercial photographer from the Garden City of Christchurch. He straddles both the art and the commercial world with equal finesse. So here is Paul Petch. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for joining this podcast. That's okay. It's good to be involved. Yeah. So let's start with how you got into photography. Okay. So I was actually a graphic designer before photography. I set out as a freelance graphic designer. I was based in Australia, fresh from the UK, and set out as a graphic designer from about 2002-ish to about 2008. And I was a really keen outdoors sports person and was tired of sitting in front of the screen. So decided to set out as a photographer and in the early days, I did sports photography. So that was the start for me. Right. So that's where you got into all the cycling and running and all that. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, where right. you started? I started there and basically documented the sports that I was involved with. So, yeah, cycling and um, long distance mountain running. It was the early days of what's now called ultra running. Okay. So I was involved with the sport and I decided to pick up a camera and try and leave the desk. Were you a film photographer from the outset or you shifted into it during the journey? I was not a film photographer at the start. I picked up a film camera properly, you know, I would say 2012, 2013. Right. So why did you pick up film? You just wanted to try it out or was it something that attracted you to that format? Yeah, I, I guess I met people. I was based in Auckland City at the time recently moved from Christchurch after the earthquakes. And I guess I guess being kind of based on K Road, involved with a creative community there, I was bumping into photographers that were shooting film. So I, I decided to try it. And in all honesty, it was quite short-lived. I went straight to medium format for photography and I, I think I shot for maybe a year and quickly got bored of it and was more focused on my commercial work. So... It was quite short-lived initially. Right, right. So what's the format you use in film? Is it uh, medium format predominantly or have you experimented with the other 4x5 and such? I'm predominantly 6x6, so 120 film. I picked up a Yashica 635, which I still use now. And what happened was after I kind of did it for a couple of years or a year or so, my mind and soul, I guess, were not aligned with film. And it wasn't until we moved back to Christchurch in about 2016 that I developed a, a fridge full of roles that I'd not developed. Because back then there was not the development, there wasn't shops offering film development. It's changed quite a lot. And I got those roles developed and I was so taken aback by what I'd photographed. I just, from that point on, I was just hooked again. Right. So... How would you describe yourself? Are you a photographer? Are you a commercial artist or a visual artist? You straddle uh, a lot of worlds from graphic design to film photography to 
video installations and, and commercial photography so how will you describe yourself today i i would i would describe myself as a visual artist and and commercial photographer i would i would put my art first these days and yeah so visual artist and commercial photographer right right so one thing that stands out for me when i look at your work is that your commercial work is quite distinct from your film work it is sometimes or most times people have a look right so whether yes. it's commercial or uh, personal projects it's yes. not that different yes that's correct but why did you have this kind of a, i would say probably two streams of work i guess if you want to call it yeah i guess if you'd have asked me this maybe 5 years ago i would have not really had a clear answer because i guess that's when the journey started for me to explore more art based projects back then i evolved at the fine art school here in christchurch and did 2 years and then i moved to ara so 4 years later i'm a few months from finishing the photography degree and i guess during the 4 years i've explored artistic process which also spills into any other process so even commercial photography as a process so i'm I'm quite hyper aware of the two differences that the processes are different the outcomes are different the agendas are different and I would say that commercial photography to me is like a stage play I'm the lead actor and I adopt a role and a character and my clients fall into that play and they adopt a character too so it's kind of like a it's like music I guess it's kind of feels like there's a script involved and that's the process and then with my visual artwork it's more my personal beliefs and my personal agendas my personal observations of the world and translating that into something which i guess is seen as art so that that's why they're different they're they're very bipolar they're quite extreme quite extreme opposites so yeah so so let's say that's why i have a uh, an aesthetic or a style in my visual art and I have a very different style in commercial because yeah they they're pretty much different worlds right but you know sometimes a client's approach of photographer because of that photographer's style right or signature but have you felt in any way that your visual artwork influencing your commercial work in any any shape or form or no you keep it very clear i would i would say what's influencing my commercial work is some of the process so it's slowing things down being more conscious of what's in the frame having confidence in the result and connecting with people a little bit below the surface level i guess which is more what i do when i shoot my fine art portraits or projects that involve people this this quite a there's a collaboration there that kind of goes beyond the superficial so some of some of that process has definitely started to enter my commercial work and i believe that that's really the the whole kind of glue that brings commercial work together is your relationship with people so i would say that's probably helped considerably most photographers are like self taught right so you gone into school probably pretty late than most yes. people how has that worked out for you how has it influenced your work has it really affected the way you work i guess i was i, I am self taught initially So uh, my graphic design self taught too and I kind of feel like I learned everything I needed to learn so that's when I decided to go to art school because I wanted to understand 
why I do what I do and I wanted to understand how I do what I do and I wanted to kind of like explore more of that theory of why I do what I do basically. So the first couple of years were really rough because it was quite confrontational when you go to art school. Everybody thinks you go to art school to make pretty art but what you actually do is ultimately deconstruct your own belief systems that surround art and you learn about well for example you learn about colonization you learn about sexuality and gender you learn about ideologies societal frameworks yeah the systems that we we live in and how that affects us because ultimately we are what we make so every image we make comes from some programming of childhood or programming of adulthood or if you've traveled or if you're from a multicultural background or all of that affects your work. So every image you make, regardless of if you're an artist or a commercial photographer, your images are loaded with all of that programming. So yeah, the first couple of years were difficult because I'd kind of programmed myself in a certain way and my belief systems were very different to what they are now. So I was really fortunate to have a great tutor he just kept asking me why. Every time I showed him an image, he would say, why? Every time I had an idea, he'd say, why? And he didn't want to see literal, he wanted to see lateral. So going from commercial work to that way of thinking was a really difficult trend. But yeah, I think four years later, I'm really quite open to all of those topics and those subjects. And I employ all of that knowledge and insights and ultimately the reflection of who I am. I'm able to put that into my work. In my commercial work too, I, I, I have much stronger beliefs and there's certain client groups that I wouldn't work with. And I'm a lot more comfortable in making those decisions based on ethics and, and beliefs, I guess. So again, I reckon that's probably spilled over from my artwork. So I, I guess that's what people think when you go to art school or photography school, you're learning how to use a camera, but that's the easy bit. Right. I, I guess uh, that's a, it's an important part of who you are, right? It's not the, the camera or the film or the software we use. It's who you are. And that uh, comes out in the pictures that you take, right? So it's it's really important that you're aware of that and, and who you are taking photographs of, like correctly depicting them. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you, you can open can of worms here. I won't go too deeply into it, but everyone has an agenda when they take photos. And I think it's really important to step back and ask yourself, what's your agenda? Why are you taking these photos? Why are you focused on this subject group? Or why are you trying to take photos of this subject matter? Everybody has an agenda. And I guess it's just kind of navigating through that. When it comes to your visual art, what kind of visual art do you create? What is your focus right now? I do a lot of portraiture. And that's always been really an interest to me and an importance to me. And I guess through studies, it's become more important because ultimately it's a history. Society's changed very quickly. And yeah, people in place is his historical document. And if I can put my own kind of, you know, visual, visual, uh, I guess my visual style on those images, then hopefully in the future, they'll kind of stand the test of time. The other stuff that I'm really interested in is digital interactions with digital technologies, exploring potentially where we're, where we're heading with regards to that, and that can take many forms. But, yeah, I, I like exploring that. 
my biggest inspiration is being outdoors. So I'm outside pretty much every day and nature and that connection with nature is, you know, probably the top of my list of importance, you know, and a lot of my artwork stems from that. So I have an interest in environmental art and environmental issues. So I've been building some bodies of work surrounding that. And I have a fascination in, yeah, societal programming, I guess, and consumerism, capitalism, those kind of things, which I have to tread it delicately with because you can go a little bit too deep into that if you're not careful. So I, I dip my I dip my toes into that periodically, but it's it's definitely not somewhere where I like to be for, for a long period. And I guess I kind of mix all of those together. And where I'm at at the moment is that this year being my final year, I've invested a lot of time and energy in making a body of work surrounding beekeepers and their, their influence and their connection with the environment. And it's been, yeah, maybe four months of solid process to date. I do all of my developing as well. I do all my scanning and logistics of organizing shoots with a range of demographics of beekeepers in Canterbury. So that's signals the start of some major projects moving forward. I've got a various groups of people that I'd love to document and learn from and spend time with. So yeah, so there's quite a lot going on there. And I feel that most of those genres or most of those focuses or investments of time and energy, I feel are quite important. Artists need to, artists' goals are to explore narratives and share them in a way. You know, I read a quote years ago that said, art should make the comfortable uncomfortable and the uncomfortable comfortable. I, I read on your folio that you have a number of artists whose work has influenced you. Tell me something about that. Who are your heroes? I guess it was funny because for years I resisted saying that I aspire to any artist. I still kind of think that. I tend to aspire to their process more than their, their, their finished product or finished goals I find exciting. But it's their process that really intrigues me. So Alex Soth is an American fine art photographer and his body of work, I guess, is predominantly portraiture, but there's just something in his images that's just a little bit strange or kooky or there's just something that pulls you in. And I love that in imagery. I guess in my work, I guess I try to do that too. Try and make you feel, if it makes you, you know, makes you just feel that maybe there was something that happened before the shot or something was said or it's going to be something that happens afterwards. Alex Sois work represents that, that it's a, it's not just a, an image. It, it has narratives that go in and out of the frame. And I, I like that in portraiture. I think that gives portraiture a lifespan rather than a few seconds of, that's nice, and then that's the end. I find his work you can just go back to, read his books over and over again, and every time you look at those images, you, you feel something different or you see something different. So, yeah, his, his body of work is astonishing like that. And as far as I can see, his process is very simple. He literally talks to people, makes them stand and look at the camera, which is predominantly how I approach my subject. So, yes, it's magical, really, when you think about it. So once you finish your degree, what next? You, you have the Beekeeper Project and hopefully you'll be turning it into a book, I suppose. Yeah, the goal is to do it for the whole of next year, lockdown permitting, I believe, because the project really needs that 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 breath. It's such an amazingly diverse 
subject matter and the beekeepers and the whole community culture is something that I don't think you can really scratch the surface in four to six months. I mean, it's important to me to get diversity, which is a bit of a struggle. So it is there, but it requires more legwork. So yeah, the goal is to produce a hardback, proper kind of grown up book. I'm looking at doing masters next year, in particular, the Masters of Ara, which explores creative process, which as you can probably tell, I'm quite fascinated with. And my commercial work, I've been still working, paid my way through the degree with my commercial work. And next year, even if I do masters, it's going to be a bigger focus for me. <laughs> great, great. A final question. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. We've discussed your work, your journey to right now where you are. For a beginner photographer, a couple of questions. One, what will be your, your advice to a budding photographer who's getting into this field? Number one. Number okay. two, do you think a proper education in photography, like a degree that you're doing, will be advantageous? Okay. So the, the first point, I guess, is that, and I made the mistake when I first started out, is that, and I see it all the time, is that photographers get blinded by the goals and they, they tend to kind of just relentlessly push forward and at all costs, which means maybe not being, I guess, as ethical as you could be or undercutting other photographers in price. Or I've had taken photos back when I first started, why they were assisting me, and there was no discussion about that. So I guess my advice to a budding photographer is just be good and be nice. People remember people that play nice. People forget people that don't play nice. Everybody I know that's successful as a photographer, they play nice and they 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 make time for people and they they don't they don't step on people to get to where they're going. They they work with people. So that would probably be my number one tip. Probably related to that too is that and it's said all the time, but gear is not really gonna make you a better photographer. I think a full frame camera is definitely a must and a couple of good lenses, but as a commercial photographer, I've only ever owned three lenses, 70 to 200, 16 to 35, and 50, and that's all I will ever need. So yeah, invest in some gear, but learn to use the equipment, learn to fix things when they don't go right in your equipment, and get really connected with it because that's really what makes the images. I see a lot of people jumping around, buying their gear all the time, and they never, they never really kind of find that sweet spot with their gear. They're constantly swapping and changing and and it's yeah i guess it's like making new friends and it's a long-term thing i guess sorry what was the second question personally at one point i wanted to go full-fledged into photography yeah. and learn photography and take a, a formal course in it but then i decided against it because i just wanted it to be a hobby but do you think if you want photography to be your profession will your advice be to go and get a formal education? That's a tricky question because I guess I guess it depends on what you want to do as a photographer. I mean, when I first learned, I was just jumping in at the deep end. I'd never want to go back to that period, to be honest. But I, I was turning up early, finishing late, putting in a lot of hours, networking, yeah, taking on, I guess, exploring different genres until I found what worked for me. And I... I don't know if you can really teach that at school. Like I think I think that is kind of like a personal journey that I think all photographers need to go through. But 
can it happen at the same time as when you study? I think it can. So I guess the benefits of study could be that you're learning, as I discussed, you're learning about yourself and your agendas and your style and what your goals are and all of those things and where your place is in the world can really be what's on your work and how you manage and deal with people. So I, I guess my advice would be maybe to explore what you like as a photographer. And then, yeah, I think studying, for me, it's been a really good tool and it's provided me a lot of insights. And I think then I'm a better photographer for it. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot for talking to me. Thanks for your time. No, it's a pleasure. And um, yeah, I love what you're doing. So thank you for sharing your time with me, which is precious. So thank you. That was Paul Pitch from Christchurch. You can follow him on Instagram. His handle is underscore Paul Pitch. His website is forever1995.com. As always, thanks for listening in on this podcast. I appreciate each and everyone who's tuning in. You keep me going. I will meet you again next week with another fascinating conversation. Till then, stay safe and keep clicking.